Thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Get Reminded, the app that will remind you when your bills are due so they don't give you a fright. Check out last week's episode around loyalty tax if you want to find out exactly how this app can help save you money. But I also wanted to remind you that we have a giveaway happening on my Instagram right now with Get Reminded at The One Up Project where you could win a financial planner and expense tracker duo that has been so well loved over the last couple of months. All you need to do is click the link in my description and download the app. Then set up your first reminder and DM me a screenshot. Thanks again to Get Reminded for partnering with me on this episode. I literally love the app so much, so could not be happier with this sponsor. Um, Means so much. Let's get into the episode. Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hello, Uh, it is just me to start you off and say, I'm sorry, I bet you're thinking, can't you just get into this episode already? Um, Look, I need to preface this with, unfortunately, I am an idiot, complete idiot, and didn't check that my microphone was connected to the recording software so therefore this is a scratchy episode it does not sound as good as usual and I am so incredibly sorry for that but it is a short episode it's only 20 minutes and the content is so good that I really didn't want to scrap it so I'm keeping it and I'm just really sorry you do obviously get used to it after the first like minute it's just not up to standard with you know what you're hearing right now and what you have heard previously and obviously right now I sound a little bit ill as well so it's just all all over the show I'm so sorry genuinely so sorry um but hopefully it doesn't ruin the experience for you and you still get a lot of value out of it anyway let's jump into it thank you for listening to my rant and catch you later Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I am here with an extremely talented, um, skillful and um, valuable guest today, Rosie. Nathan, how are you? I am I'm well, thank you. We just covered off my little head cold. Aside from that, I'm doing brilliantly and I'm so happy to be here. So thanks, Sarah. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you being here despite the, the odds being against you and you can never be too sure um, in the current climate being ill and that kind of thing. So I really appreciate you being here. Um, quick intro of who you are, I suppose, from my end. Um, you wear a lot of hats, but I suppose the three sort of main titles that I had put here to give people an idea of who you are um, as a partner at Customized Talent Group, the Chief Commercial Officer at Her Career, um, which is an amazing platform you should check out if you haven't already, and a podcaster yourself. And I believe the name of your podcast is Rosie on Recruitment and Career. Is that correct? That is correct. I am all for being, you know, completely obvious about what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Took took a lot of time that one. I'll just call it me. I think it's the best way to do it, you know, people are going to know exactly what they're getting there. I love the mystery of yours, the One Up Project. What is that? I must check that out. Everyone looks at mine and is like, really? <laughs> no, good, good. And uh, that means that people are going to get a really clear idea of what we're about to jump into. Um, so I guess before we, we do, and today, just I guess to give a brief overview of the topic, we'll be talking about um, in this first episode, one of two with Rosie, personal and professional development how to network for success um, and ask for salary increases and pay rises and sort of how to navigate those conversations. Um, so we'll be doing that in the second episode. 
Um, but yeah, first, I guess, Rosie, uh, do you want to give us a little brief intro in your words as to who you are and what you do and what your day-to-day looks like? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I know from listening to a few of your previous episodes, I've, I've got a, a few years on some of your other guests, so I'm not going to go through <laughs> the extensive career that I've already been through because we might be here forever. Um, but basically, I'll, I'll give some highlights. So when I left school, I um, went to AUT for a year, didn't really know what I wanted to do. So that's kind of the high school bit fell into my first role of being a customs runner. So I was in the shipping logistics for around 14 years of my career, um, quite a sizable chunk. And then I realized with the transferable skills I had with sales, I wanted to do something different. I'd fallen out of love with that industry and moved into legal and tax publication, which exposed me to software. And from there, I got involved in fintech and SaaS businesses. I've been involved in uh, data and analytics around property and so much else in between. I've always been um, across networking organizations. I did Toastmasters for a wee bit. So I'm the type of person that loves to get out and, and you know, be amongst others and really understand what challenges they're facing and how I can help and you know what we can do to, to work really well together as teams. Um, So as you mentioned, yes, I am now a partner, senior sourcing specialist at Customized Talent and my latest career pivot into recruitment, um, which I feel is one of the most fulfilling I have done in my career alongside what I do as CCO at her career. It's bringing all of the experience I have as a woman that's worked in male-dominated industries, um, as somebody that has treaded a path that was um, not quite so clear but has been cleared significantly more in the last 20 years, just trying to accelerate younger women and their career money and network. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just loving helping other people and bringing all of the skills from my experience to to help them and their businesses uh, with best fit talent. Yeah. yeah, perfect. That's awesome. I think what I really love about you, uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on, was that I feel like you just have this super authentic and genuine passion about what you do and helping people. I um, mean, you put a lot of your time towards that. So like, I feel really grateful to have you here today and on sort of the topic of networking which we're going to dive into now how ha, how do you think that, that that has played a role in your career so far and what would you say the importance of it has been yeah it's I mean it's been absolutely vital and I um I really appreciate that that's what you see from the outside because sometimes when you're putting together all of your collateral and you know there are people in your networks you're not sure who's seeing what but you get these comments and For me, I know I've had highs and lows in my career and having different tribes of people who have connected with me through different opportunities of networking and work and collaboration, um, we can support each other through those highs and lows. So I think for me, it's been really a, a key to the success I've had in my career and I've needed to have those people in very male dominated industries you know, across what I've already spoken about. It's it's a part of opening doors. Um, I think even as early as my second career, my second role within my career, that came from a networking event, an introduction to a manager of a department in a shipping company who saw the energy I had in the work that I was doing. But that exposure was a one-off meeting at a client event. Um, so you never know when those doors are going to open. It's it's really just a portion though. It's an opportunity 
to get known by the right people to be seen and visible. But what I think has supported my journey is, you know, the fact that I do try to bring that positivity, um, even when I'm not necessarily feeling it, because I I feed back on the energy that others get from it and the achievements that they have. And you can learn from that. It takes time to build trust. It's not about going in and, and great, I've got someone in my network and now, um, you know, we can do all of this work together. You've got to build trust with the integrity you bring in each connect, you know, connection that you have with them and the words you're saying and what you're doing and your actions. So for me, being able to speak really authentically across my own LinkedIn channel um, with what I do in my Rosie on recruitment pages and Instagram and LinkedIn as well, like that's who I am. If people don't resonate with that, if businesses aren't aligned with you know what I'm speaking about, then it's probably not going to work. And it's better you know that up front, both ends. Um, so I think it's vital. It's vital so that you can be authentic and you can connect and find your tribe. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, like you said, it's a lot around building that trust um, of others and also being able, like building trust that that others have in you, but also being able to trust others and and trust that they can help you as well. And so how do you begin to form a beneficial network for yourself? Because I think so many of us may leave high school, university, and we're told that networking is such a great skill to have. But the journey, I guess the how behind that is quite hard. So what would you say would be a good place to start there? Yeah, I think the first thing you have to do is be curious and be willing to not have everything be successful. Um, you've, you've got to be able to fall down a little bit to find out where you can stand up and, and run. So the easiest way is through those you already know. Um when I left school, you know, there wasn't, I didn't really have a significant network, um, certainly not of senior contacts. And I think that's shifting a bit now. I know that there's easier ways to get in touch with senior leaders that can then become mentors. Um, you know, senior members are putting themselves out there to be connected with people. So it can be one or two degrees of separation. You can find these connections um, through people that you do already know and understand within certain industries. So I mentioned LinkedIn and I think that's a really big piece. Um, it's such a vital tool. I've been I've been lucky enough as a salesperson, you know, LinkedIn was a tool that one of my uh, earlier SaaS organizations and legal and tax publications when I worked there, we had a very close relationship with the Australian business. And so they had employed specialist LinkedIn trainers. And this is going back, gosh, over 10 years now, maybe, (laughs) maybe as far as 10, 12 years. So I've had the ability of seeing that grow in New Zealand and understand uh, the channels that you can create with that. So writing articles on there, I'm reaching out to people really authentically. I'm going to go through a little bit more of that in detail later on in the session. Um, I think that's, you know, the first thing you can do is, is update your LinkedIn profile so that you're attractive to someone else you want to network with as well industry connections. So who is it in your industry that you aspire to be or that is influencing you? If you can't reach out to them directly or you don't know how to get in touch with them, you know, who else is in their network that might be able to support that? Go along to events that you know that they're at um, and people that are speaking at events, try and get invites there and then network with those people as well. Um, Any articles that you read around industry too? And I think the last point I'd make about 
how you begin to network is just do it anywhere. Absolutely anywhere. Any new conversation is an opportunity to network. Um, very recently, just last week, I was in a jewelry store picking up some earrings for a girlfriend and got chatting away with the lady behind the desk as I usually do. <laughs> and she was, she's like, hi, oh, you're in recruitment. I, I've got a really good friend looking for um, a job, but her CV's no great, not great at all. And I'm like, well, I do do a little bit of that. And so she took my details and I've got an email back and I'm, I'm putting together, just doing some CV formatting for her. Um, so yeah, it's, it can happen anywhere. Um, I think the problem is that everybody, not everybody, but that quite often people can go in and hope for an outcome of a contact that is five steps ahead of where they should be thinking. Mm. So it's about how can you make an authentic connection first um, and then how can you develop that? You don't want to put a a log on a spark. It's never going to. (laughs) It's never going to develop. Um, So, yeah, those are my main tips. Yeah, awesome. That's so perfect. Um, And I I think when it comes to to networking as well, a lot of people can think of this as something that we would only do for career development or that like a law student or a business student would do and they imagine people in suits at a – um, event where everyone's talking and chatting but I don't actually necessarily think mm. that that's all that networking means so is this something you think that we should only focus on for career development or are there other benefits to networking yeah I think um certainly it's been tarred with that brush that there have been events set up to network and so that's that's what you have to do. It's the only way that you can do it. And it certainly has shifted and transitioned, particularly in the last five years. Um, and you see things now too, like meetups, so that you can find groups that are associated with um, what's relevant to your learning, growth, development, interests, uh, and go along and, and kind of have a piece of glue that sticks you together first. But they're all just conversations. I always try and say to people, don't think of anything as networking. Everything is just a conversation and you never know what is going to happen in any conversation because it can take you down any path. You don't know who people know. It's two or three degrees of separation from the person that you're speaking with. So, you know, always be authentically who you are. I think in terms of um, being bigger than career development as well, it doesn't just widen your professional horizons, but it does widen your personal horizons too. So, you know, there are um, interests that you get exposed to. Uh, the reason I joined Toastmasters was yes, to try and network and, and learn new things. But the group of people that I met there um, and some of them that I'm still in contact with definitely broadened the horizons of who I was as a person and what I wanted to develop um, within my own personal growth. I think the last thing is you you just you make amazing friends. <laughs> um, these these people turn into lifelong friends. I know I was involved with BNI, the Breakfast Networking International group, and I was an assistant director with them for quite some time. And um, when I became pregnant, like my son's 15 years old now, but when I became pregnant, two of the first people I told were two people I met through that group that are still friends today. So there's so many benefits. I don't think that we should ever restrict anything to just one little corner of of our life and I think we're being more whole human now than we ever have so let's continue to explore and expand upon that yeah I agree and I think thinking of it more so as 
a conversation just takes away that intimidation factor as well that comes with networking because I almost feel like you can go into networking thinking that there has to be an outcome to it or some sort of end goal but really that doesn't need to be the case you can just go on into it and have a conversation yeah, I think um, I used to have a manager who, whether it was a sales call or particular network event, because, you know, he felt that that was exposure to a new audience, he would come up to the sales team and always say to people, no one gets out alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> don't think our values are aligned here. <laughs> I'm like, everyone gets out alive. <laughs> um, so yeah, you just, you want to have a conversation. You want to see what, what clicks and works um and there's no pressure then right it's about taking that pressure off of what it should be or has to be um and I think that's how the best relationships be their personal or professional develop yeah I totally agree um and th- something about networking or having these sort of conversations is that we really want to be able to know who we are in a way and know our strengths and how to articulate that so what would you say around how would we work out what our strengths are and then feel confident when expressing that to others? Because I think a lot of the time we can either downplay, and I do it too, like downplay what I'm doing in life and make it seem like what I would see as a big deal is not a big deal at all and and just not feel confident in that. So how do you think we should go about, um, I guess, being confident in our own personal strengths and the value we're bringing? Yeah. My tips for this really are around – the presentation of that. So I think once you get comfortable in, in saying those words and telling that story, um, the confidence does come behind it. So for me, it's it's creating some space to do this. And, you know, although we are our own expert in ourself, very few of us have ever told that story out loud um, in a way that we can coherently put it together to make sense in different situations. Uh, so, you know, you just create some space. Like what do you want to say if you are exposed to someone that might have opportunities to help you with business or with your professional development or your career um, acceleration? So what would you say to those people? How do you, you know, what are just a few points you want to bring up? And you can deliver this in a mirror. Um, I've talked a lot about this. I know when I was dealing with um, Nick Campbell, who's the GM of Practice Products for Zero, we talked about this in his podcast episode. And he's a huge advocate of, you know, mirror delivery and practice, practice, practice. So I think that that's a great way to feel comfortable within those words um, and then being able to deliver them in front of somebody else. And then you know, try and be brave and be a bit vulnerable and go out to events, you know, walk up to someone and you can, you can talk to them, like be really authentic about, Hey, I'm, I'm quite new at this. I, um, I'd like to find out a little bit more about you and understand what you'd like to know about someone like me and learn then how to improve those conversations from someone brand new. I think, you know, too often we assume that everyone else is going to judge us and that they're going to be perfect and that we're the person that has no skill in an area. Um, but so often so many people in a room are feeling just as lost or uncertain as you are. Yeah, definitely. And, and so leading on from that, knowing our strengths and um, something people often talk about in the networking world is developing your elevator pitch. And so could you explain to mm. us what an elevator pitch is and the value of that? Yeah, I, I did make a few notes around this because I feel 
I feel different ways about an elevator pitch and being in sales, you know, we've, we've been told to develop these um, for many years of my career. So basically it's a 30 to 90 second pitch uh, that you could give somebody in an elevator that shares the main parts of you or your skills or your business or work interest to open a wider conversation, um, hopefully of opportunity. And I think that to develop it, you really, you need to include you know, what you what you do and your skill in that, because that is an interest point. And then what your business is and how that's unique, how it helps others. And more clearly than anything else, you know, try and deliver it with the passion that you naturally have for it. So you can then be introduced to your target audience through whoever it is that you're speaking with. Um, I found that sometimes people try and overcook it. They try and actually go for a close in an elevator pitch. They try and squeeze everything in that they do. And you don't have to necessarily do that. You, you know, it's an introduction. It's not an hour long sales meeting. And I think also if you can work a related question into the area where you have expertise, that can be helpful because historically elevator pitches have been a talk to and I'm very much someone who is about, you know, having a conversation, as I said earlier, we need to get some feedback to understand we're even on the right path with somebody. So, you know, I know you've recently released your financial planner and expense tracker. Um, so if you were out there doing a bit of an elevator pitch, I had a thought about this, you know, you can talk to somebody more about that you've got this podcast that you're interested in finding out how others do this because, you've got something that works for others, you know, you're genuinely interested in how others manage their money in those areas and you're opening a conversation that then lets them interface with you too. So I think an elevator pitch of old, just delivering kind of what you do isn't enough. You really need to be curious about taking those first steps and connecting for it to be more successful than it's ever been. Yeah, definitely. And and we've touched on a few of them, but just to sort of list them off, what would be the most important things to include into a conversation with someone we want to connect with that will hopefully or potentially lead to opportunity? Um, and then how do you think we would remove the fear and anxiety feeling that comes along with making an elevator pitch or um, networking and putting ourselves out there? Right. So the most important things to include, definitely what you do and your personal skill. Uh, so what your business is and how it's unique, how it's helped others so that you're basically creating a case study in that as well. Your passion for the area and who your target audience is so that they can then think about the introductions for you. So what would be mutually beneficial in terms of that conversation? That's that really ticks off the main parts in terms of, yeah, an elevator pitch. And the second part was how to remove the fear of delivering an elevator pitch. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I really think it's, again, down to practice. So going out and trying to deliver that as much as you possibly can um, and do it in a safe zone first. You know, do it with some friends that don't really understand what you do. Not all of our friends do understand what we do. So share that with them and see if you get any bites first and ask for any feedback and what was confusing and unclear and what did they really kind of perk up and listen to when you delivered it. It's the best way to get get some feedback yeah awesome there's some great gems in there um and that pretty much finishes off 
all that I wanted to talk to you about around networking. So I really appreciate your time, Rosie. And everyone, right. once we finish listening to this, make sure you listen to the next one. Um, and yeah, just really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project. And I'll catch you on the next one.